Good morning, Grace Hills. Hey, I'm glad you're here this morning. Y'all have a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's always that awkward thing when you like try to ask a question to a crowd and everybody's like, do we answer that or is he just asking that in general? What is going on? Well, I had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, man, I'm excited that you're here today. Hey, let's do this real quick. Um, I, I don't know. We'll just do this. I, uh, we had a lot of people this week that um, walking through some sickness out of this, um, kind of in this season. And so uh, a couple days ago, I just started having texts come in about people that weren't going to be able to be here because of just sickness. Um, and how many know we're a church family, right? This isn't just something that we, uh, we just come here just to receive, but that we're also here to give and to love and that we stand with each other, right? Um, so I'd say let's just take a moment and pray for those of our family that are out today um, and just pray for God to bring some healing. How many know we serve a healing God, Amen. He's not just a God who exists, who's far off, who's distant, who doesn't care about you. He doesn't a God who doesn't care about your, your, your body or your emotions or anything. And so we're going to pray for that this morning. So let's pray. Dearly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you that you are a God who heals. We thank you that you care so much about us. And like, um, like Hannah was saying, that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us. And God, we thank you that in your word, it says that you are the healer of our infirmities. And uh, in Psalms, God, it says that you, that you are the Lord over all sicknesses. So God, we just pray right now for um, those of our family that have been out today, maybe walking through some period of sickness. God, we just pray that you go and that you bring health and healing into their bodies, that you bring restoration to them. Um, so we just ask you to do that. We stand in faith and believe for you to do that today. And we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, we're going to start a Christmas series today, and uh, what we're going to be talking about is Christmas and how it shows different views of our relationship with God. So we're going to go four weeks um, as we're leading up to Christmas, and we have them up here, and, and the idea is this, is what we want you to see in your relationship with God and the way that God works with you is we want you to see God with us, God through us, God above us, and God for us, and how in the Christmas story we see all four of those aspects of God working through the Christmas story and inside of our lives. And we're talking about these four perspectives of Jesus. And, and the reason is this, is that we want you to see how Christmas confirms the presence of God in your life. Because we're not just a church where we just want to grow in knowledge, but how many know we want you to know God? We want you to experience God in your life. It's if, if all we did was come to this thing and just learn about uh, who God is and that's it and then we leave this building and then we know a lot of knowledge, how many of you know that's, that's not what I want? If we're gonna do that and just play church and just come and gain some knowledge, then I'm out on that. I've been a part of church my whole entire life and if it's just about gaining some knowledge and then going out the door, then, then I have no interest in being a part of this. But what we want you to do is we want you to know God. We want you to experience God. We want you to have a part of God in your life. And that's a big, big deal for us. And I'll even tell you this, going into next year, a part of our church staff and what we've been really looking at and looking forward to next year is saying that we want you, there's a scripture that says to know God and the power of him that lives inside of you. And that's our, that's our hope even as we go into the next year is that we want you to know God, right? And we want you to know his power that lives inside of you because it's not just a bunch of knowledge. It's not just stuff that we gain into, but you can have a relationship with God that changes your life. 
and that changes your family and that changes your perspective, that changes how you walk through difficulty. And that's what we're about. That's what we want to know. And so as we're walking through this Christmas story, what we want you to see is four aspects of where you can begin to see God working in our lives. And so today what we're going to be talking about is God with us. God with us, which is straight from the Christmas story. Uh, Hannah, I don't think she knew what I was preaching on, but, but she said that earlier, Emmanuel. And we're going to read this together, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. If you have a Bible, we'll also have it on the screens as well. But in Matthew 1, 18, what we see is, is the initiation of this idea of God with us. God with us. And so Matthew 1, 18, we're going to read through verse 23, and this is what it says here. Matthew 1, 18. It says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. Now, I want you to take note. We're not going to hit this very hard right now, but that idea of born is a big deal, right? Because it's not that God, that Jesus just existed, but that he is born, that he does come as a man. And we're going to get into that in a second. And then it says, his mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. It says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And he considered this, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. It said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I love that. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Now then, they read this here, which is a prophecy from the Old Testament that spoke about Jesus coming, and Jesus was the fulfillment of this. And I want you to look at this. It says this. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel, Emmanuel. which means God with us. Let's pray over this this morning. Dear Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. God, we thank you um, that you are with us. God, I pray for maybe some people that walked in here today and have just felt a little distance from you and have felt like there is just, um, man, they just haven't felt you in their lives and, they, and they, they feel like you are just maybe distant and far off or have never had that close relationship with you. God, I pray today that as we we, we study about this, about who you are, about who you are as Emmanuel, that it not only gives us some head knowledge, but it works in our hearts, and that we grow in our relationship with you. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Emmanuel. It's an interesting word. If you, uh, if you look into Hebrew, that word where you see that word El at the end of it, that means God. So the Emmanuel means with us. The El part is God. That's why when you hear stuff like El Shaddai, if any of you ever remember that, El Shaddai. El. Yeah, I don't want me to do that one. Uh, was that Amy Grant? Is that right? Man, show it. Yeah, we won't go there. Uh, but the L, right, that means God. That's the whole idea, is the God. And so when you see this Emmanuel, it's God with us. And here's what's interesting. Uh, when it says that God with us, here's what's interesting is that what we have to think about is that the idea of God being with us at this point in history is not unique. So it's like, what are they saying? Because at this point in history, you think about Genesis 28, 15. I, I wrote down this verse and I thought it was so good. It says, what's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. I love that. 
that God says that what's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I promised you. So you read that, that's at the beginning of the book, right? And so this idea of Jesus coming and it says God with us halfway through the book is kind of like, well, has he not always been here? Like what, what's unique about this? And I read the Christmas story and I, and I think about it and I'm like, well, I've read for chapters and chapters and chapters about God being with us. So how is this different or unique? And theologically, right, we understand God is everywhere. God has always been present. There's never a time in history that God did not exist, right? So then you go and it's like, like, okay, well, what is unique about this time of God with us? Because in reality, he's always, he's always been with us. So what's unique about this? I remember a verse that I read um, when I was a kid. It was in Isaiah. It said, do not be afraid for I am your God. Um, and it says, I am with you and I will not forsake you. I love that Isaiah. It was Isaiah 41 that I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am with you and I am your God. And it's like, okay, well, that's a long time before. So what is unique about Emmanuel, God with us? When we read this in the Christmas story, what is, what is the unique thing? And what it is, is the unique thing in the Christmas story is that it is the moment that the God of the universe, the God who created all things, the God who is all powerful and mighty, steps out of the comfort of his place in heaven into becoming a man and into the muck of your life to bear your burdens and the weight of your sin. That's what's different. It's the moment that he comes into and steps into humanity. He steps into the difficulty of your life. He steps into the muck to be there with you. Paul talks about this. And it's like this. It's when we think about what is unique about Christianity and the idea of Emmanuel. What, what is the unique part and what is that? How does that work in our lives compared to other religions? And I'd say it this way. And I think I've shared this maybe with some of you before. But if you think about religions and, and, and God as like a mountain, right? You got a mountain and God sits on top of the mountain. That's a great idea, right? And we're at the bottom of the mountain. God's at the top of the mountain. And all religions in the world, they have this idea of different ideas of how we climb this mountain and get to God. And so there's this path where we try to get to God. And there's this path where we try to go up to this mountain and get to God. And the, the great ideas, right? You're going to try to get to God. What's unique about what we believe What's unique about Christianity, what's unique about God with us, Emmanuel stepping into our life, is it's the idea that we're not able to climb this mountain, but God came down off of the mountain to us to bring us up to him. That's the difference. It's God being willing to step into your story, being able to step into your life to bring you salvation. Paul talks about this in Philippians 2. He describes about what happened during Christmas. And he says it this way, Philippians chapter two, verse six. He says, though he was God, talking about Jesus, says he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So it says that he was, he was in heaven, he was equal with God. He is God, right? He is God, we get this. This is a big deal. Jesus, he is God. But yet it goes on, it says he didn't, he didn't just consider it as something that he was going to exist in and that he was just going to stay there and that he was going to have distance. But it says instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He stepped out of heaven, became a man. He took up the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. It says when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died the criminal's death on a cross. The idea is this, is that Jesus in heaven didn't say, okay, I'm comfortable here. Got everything here in heaven. Everything's great. 
It's all fine. You got to figure your thing out. You got to figure out how to get your way up the mountain to me. That he said, no, I'm not going to just sit here, but I love you so much. I care about you so much that I'm willing to step into humanity to redeem you so that way you can come with me. That's powerful. See, God with us in the Christmas story is not merely God being present, right, where he just exists everywhere. It's not in the Old Testament where he's above and working some things and that he's all powerful over all these things, but it is him literally stepping into our story, fighting for you, not afraid to get his hands dirty with the muck of your life, that he is willing to step into humanity and say, because I love you so much. That God showed up in the dirtiness and the complicatedness of humanity to be with you and to fight for you. That's what Emmanuel is. That's the difference. It's not just merely God with us around us, but it's God literally walking beside us in it with us. And that's the difference of Emmanuel. It's a moment that we move from God around us to God beside us. And we'll talk uh, next year, we're going to do a series where we're going to even talk about God around us to how he became beside us to how now he lives inside of us, which that's a whole nother thing. We're not going to, I'm not going to go off on that rabbit trail today, but you want to be here next year. We'll figure out some of those things. But here's why this matters, because knowing that God is with us is foundational to how we experience God in our lives. Because perception, how many know this? Perception of somebody shapes our experience. Doesn't change who God is, right? The way that we perceive God doesn't change who he is, but the way that we see him and the way that we understand him shapes the way that we interact with him. Think about it like this, if you're married, uh, and how many of you know that the way that you perceive your uh, spouse's emotions with you shapes your experience and the way that you act with them in the moment, right? So if I, if I have a thing um, where I think my wife is mad at me, right, it shapes the way that I, that I interact with her, and I'm a lot more careful, and like, I'm a lot more careful how I do things. Now, if I think that she's excited and happy with me, then that shapes a lot of the way that I have my experience with her. If I ask her a question and say, how is she doing? She says, I'm fine. That shapes a lot of my experience that moment, right? And the way that you perceive someone, right? And the way that you understand them, it doesn't change them, but it does change the way you interact with them. And I'd say it's the same way with God. And this is why we have to understand what it really means for God to be with us. Because when we understand what it means for God to be with us, then it changes our experience and how we interact with him. It doesn't change who he is, right? But it changes how we interact with him. And when you realize that God was willing to step out of heaven to be with us during the middle of our difficulties, in the middle of our sin, it shapes our understanding of God moving forward, right? So here's a couple ways that I wanna show you how this matters into our life today? How do we, how does the idea of God as Emmanuel, how does it begin to shape this experience of God and how we interact with God and how does it begin to do this? So here, here's the first thing I, was, I would tell you is this, is that Emmanuel, God with us, reminds us that God is willing to step into the messy situations of our lives. It's willing to step into it. And I, I'd say it even stronger than this. I'd say God wants to step into the messy situations of your life. God has a desire to be there with you in the muck, to be there with you in the difficulty, to help pull you out of that difficult times. And that's huge because when you realize that God does not see you as a burden, 
right? Because I think a lot of us feel that way. We feel like we're a burden to God and like we, we've got some issues and we've got some mistakes and so I gotta con God into helping me walk through my life. But when we begin to not realize that we're just a burden, but as that, that we are somebody that he loves, that somebody that he wants to help, it changes the way that you understand your relationship with him. When you realize that he desires to step into the difficulty of your life. It's kind of like this. How many of you know that you discover how good of friends you have when you decide that you need to move? Right? Like, like that's, a, that's when you really discover. Because you got some friends that you're like, hey, um, I was going to see if you could help me move. Um, we're going to be doing this. And they're like, oh, I'd love to, but I'm going to be busy that day. And you're like, I haven't even told you what day we're moving yet. <laughs> right? Like, you got some of those friends. And it's like, okay, but then you also got some of those friends who, are, who they find out you're moving, they're like, hey, uh, when do you need me to be there with my truck, right? Two different type of friends sometimes, both good friends, but it's a different type of relationship there. I remember um, Dustin Trimmy, I, I think they're out sick today, um, but I had some stuff that I needed to do, uh, I, I don't know, a couple months ago, and uh, I was about to say that Dustin volunteered, but that's a lie. Lauren volunteered Dustin to come help me. <laughs> Um, and so she volunteered him to come do this thing, told Casey. And so he ended up calling me and it was great. And um, I remember I felt really bad because Lauren volunteered him. And, uh, and so I was sitting there and I tried to give him every single excuse to not help me in the world because I was like, I know that his wife just volunteered him. He's got a lot of stuff. And I, just like, and I would tell him, I was like, man, you got three kids. You don't have time for this. And he's like, no, no, I don't mind. What else do I got to do? And I'm like, I know you got a lot to do. And, and then I'd say, well, you know, man, I know that this is gonna, it's going to take some time to do this. And he's like, oh, that'd be great. I have some time to do that. And every time I would try to, like, tell him, like, you don't have to do this, his attitude with me every time was like, no, I want to. I want to do that. And I think about it, how much of a friend that really is. Right? Somebody that says, that doesn't make you feel bad because you have to help them. But a friend that says, mm, I want to. I want to help you. What time do I need to be there? How can I help you? And I think so many times our idea of God is that idea, well, I, I gotta figure out how to get God. Sometimes maybe you're this way. I know I've been this way where sometimes I'll even like, <laughs> I'll even try to convince God, like or I'll try to push God out because I, I feel like, oh, I've messed this up. This is my doing. This is my fault. And I, I try to push God out and I try to, try to hide from God sometimes. You ever been there? And I think about God, the attitude that we see in Scripture isn't a God that we got to con into helping us, but it's a God who, who saw us in our need, saw you in your mistakes, and said, I, I'm going to step out of the comfort of heaven to walk in the muck of humanity because I love you so much. That's what it means for God to be with us. That's who he really is. That's huge because when you realize that God does not see you as a burden, it changes everything. Some of us, we have that mentality and I, I would just challenge you. Like, we'll, we'll just be real today, right? I, I know that there are, I, here, here's how I would say it. I know there's some of you probably in here and you're like, you, maybe you've been a Christian for a while and you're, you're a mature Christian. So you come in here and you say this and you're like, okay, well, this is like baby Christianity stuff. Like, I get this. Like, why are you talking about this? Like the idea that God is with us, that he loves us in our sin. And here's what I would tell you. Reason why I'm talking about it today is because there are, I have had countless mature Christians right in my office that have had a time where, where they know this but the difficulty in their life is they don't know this. 
right? And they would say, okay, yeah, God is steps into my life, God with us, that God, but yet when they're walking through the difficulty, when they're walking through the challenge, what is it that we, we, we just hide from God? We put a little bit of distance between us. And I, I just, my heart hurts so many times because in reality, I see people creating a separation between them and God that does not need to exist because they have this wrong view of God. And then what it does is it drives them away from the only person who can really help them. And that's what happens to us. And all that is, is a tool from the enemy, right? Because the enemy knows that if he can get us on our mind so like our, uh, feed us a lie about who God is and feed us a lie about how God views us and feed us a lie of our relationship to God, then when he does that, then we create that separation because we hide or we don't feel like God wants to be involved or we, we put this separation. And so he, he lets us do the dirty work by coming on and getting us to believe these lies about our relationship with God. And God's saying like, no, I wanna step into the mess. We try to hide the mess, but God's like, I, 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 I want to do this. I think that's the difference. I think about a, a few years ago, I was on a hike, and I was going through the woods, and, um, and it was a weird deal. We, out in western Oklahoma, you wouldn't think about it, but there's all these, like, we have bunny rabbits everywhere. Like, they're just crazy. They're everywhere. And um, I remember one time I was going through this hike, and I was by the lake, and this, I saw this rabbit. And it was um, gotten into like some extra fishing line. And so it had gotten like all tangled up and it had like two legs. And so you, it was just like, I would try it and I saw it and I felt bad for it. And so I went over to like try to help it. But it, like with those two legs, it was like trying to run away. And so then you should have seen me like trying to run over and catch this little rabbit. It was bad. And then it was mean. That's a whole side story. That thing was mean when I caught it. Oh, but like I, I thought about it. And I was thinking about this last night because this rabbit, that all I wanted to do was help it, but its view of me was like that I was a predator, right? And so it just ran and it hid and it was trying to get away from me when all I was really trying to do was catch it so I could cut some of these strings that bound it up off of it. I think about with our relationship with God so many times, we're kind of like wild animals. (laughs) We look at God and we feel like, okay, I gotta hide, gotta run. And he's like, I'm here to take the chains that bind you up off of you. I'm here to help you. But I, and I, I would say it this way too. And this is, I don't know. I think the reality is, is we don't consciously do that, right? We don't go, okay, let me think through this logically. Okay, God is, I'm gonna hide from God. But what happens is it begins to work in our gut. The enemy brings shame into our life brings fear, brings wrong ideas. A lot of us, and I'd say this, I think a lot of the things that the difficulties that we have in our relationship with God is because we bring in wrong views of God that maybe come from history, maybe come from your religious background, maybe come from things that were passed down to you that just were not right, bluntly. And so we bring all these things that maybe we've been told and wrong that were, that were wrong views of God, that God's there just to nail us down to the wall right? Maybe you had that view. Maybe it was, maybe you had a really bad relationship with your earthly father and it was a really bad relationship. And now you've applied that relationship to your heavenly father and you've allowed those lies to begin to reign into your life. And then they begin to determine your relationship with God now. And the difficulty with this is this, is that it just disrupts you and robs you of the benefits of your relationship with God. Because you're running high. 
So if I could tell you anything today, Emmanuel, God with us, that he wants to step into your muck, that he wants to step into your difficulty, that he came out of heaven because he cared about you, because he cared about what you're walking through. God wants to step into your life. See, when, it, when the Bible writes Emmanuel, God with us, it was not written at the moment when conditions were ideal, right? It wasn't like God was up in heaven and all of a sudden said, hey, everything on earth is perfect. These people are little angels now. So now I'm gonna send my son, right? And we're gonna get this all figured out because they got, no, it was, the Bible says that it was at the moment when they were at their worst, right? It talks about when they were in their sin, while they were still in sin and the brokenness that that's when he did. It wasn't when we got it all figured out. And I would say this to you in your life today is this, is I think we get this idea that it's just like when, when I get it figured out, then God will be with me. But it's when you're in the doubts, when you're in the lost, when you're in the brokenness, that he says, I want to step into that messiness with you right now. When everything was messed up, God stepped in. And he wants to step into your life. And I'd say this to you today. Uh, the biggest point of today is this, is realizing that God cares about you, that he loves you, and you want to walk into that difficulty with you. Here's the second thing that I would say that Emmanuel reminds us is this. Is that Emmanuel reminds us that you have a God who understands your struggles. Now this one's a little crazy. This was the one when I was working on this sermon. I was like, that's right. Let me think through this. And this one's a hard time because we have this view of God sometimes that, it, that he is transcendent, that he is wise, that he is all-powerful, which he is absolutely all of those things. So don't get me wrong. I absolutely affirm those things, that God is those things, which is all correct. But we allow those things, when we understand those things about God, to lead us to believe sometimes that he looks at us, down at us with disgust and go like, why would you do this? Why would you, why would you be this way? I can't believe you. Or that he looks at us sometimes and like, well, I don't understand why you are so dumb. Like, why are you this way? And we have this view of God that he's this big, powerful, transcendent being who could never understand us, not understand what we're working through. And so that's why we feel like I got to get everything fixed, everything figured out because he doesn't get it. And, uh, and until I can get it fixed where he can understand me, then we're going to be okay. But what I love is that we have a God who stepped into humanity and understands our struggles. He understands it. He gets it. The writer of Hebrews stresses this idea. He talks about how Jesus comes as a man for a couple chapters. And he talks about the importance of that, how Jesus comes as a man and now what the importance of that is. And then he goes on in Hebrews 4.14 and he begins to have some outflow of this. And here's what he says, Hebrews 4.14. He says, so then, since we have a high, great high priest talking about Jesus who has entered heaven, talking about how he died, was resurrected, entered heaven, says, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Now, two things first, as we get into this, that he says is two things. One first thing I want you to understand that he says, Jesus, the son of God. Now, when you see that phraseology in scripture, that's important. It's not a mistake, but that phraseology is important. Jesus is his human name, right? Before, before he comes to earth, what you see him referred to as, as, as the son or things like that. But when he came into earth, his name is given Jesus. So when you see that Jesus that's talking about so many times his humanity, when it's coupled with the son of God, it's giving you this idea of the, that he is man and yet he is still God, this Jesus who is a man who is also the son of God. 
And so it's saying this, this important part of he's fully man, fully God. But then it goes on, it says, this Jesus was enthroned at his resurrection, that he entered heaven. But then he's careful to tell us next that that power that he's entered heaven, right, that he's enthroned in heaven, that it does not make him distant from us. That it doesn't make it where he doesn't understand. But it goes on in verse 15, it says this. It says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Everybody say understands. He understands our weaknesses. For, right? Now that means that the reason why he understands our weaknesses, for, this is telling us why he does this, he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So Jesus came as a man. He lived through the struggles of humanity. He was tempted. He walked through hurt. He walked through emotions. He walked through all of these things. He gets it. He understands. Now, he did not sin, which is important because he is the great one who can redeem us because the only thing that could redeem humanity was a human who came, right, and and lived a perfect sinless life and died in our place. So that's important. But yet he still walked through the struggles. He walked through the emotions. He walked through the temptation. He says he did not sin. He, he's a great one, but he understands what you're walking through. So he says this in verse 15. He says, for we do not have a high priest which cannot, or it says that he understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings, yet we do. Now, I love the way that the King James Version says it. You don't usually hear me say that, but I love the way poetically that the King James Version says this. And in verse 15, and, the, and KJV says it this way. It says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. I think that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever read. That we have a God who, who's, who's not there and says that he cannot feel the emotions. He cannot feel the, the pain. That he cannot feel the things of our infirmities. But he understands. He's in touch. He gets it. So you have a God who understands. A God who stepped into your shoes and gets it. Because we have a God who understands. I love this. He's also eager to help you. We'll read that in a couple verses. It's kind of like this. I had a, uh, we have a youth kid who um, just lost a, a friend of his. And it was a real sad thing. I, I don't know if you've been there and um, experienced the loss as a teenager. And so he had texted me something last week and we were talking about it. And uh, well, the thing that I just told him it was, I said, man, when I was a teenager, my best friend um, got into a car wreck and um, died during that whole entire process. And it was one of a very formative thing in my life as, as a teenager that you, you lose your best friend, right? And so one of the things I told him was like, I understand. I've been there. So if you want to talk about it and you want to understand how to process it, like, I understand it. I get it. We can talk about it. I think there's something powerful Right, of when you have somebody that you can go to that understands what you're walking through, that understands the difficulty, that understands those things. What I love here in Scripture is that we do not have a God who is far off and distant and cannot understand what you're walking through. But he walked through humanity. He lost his friend Lazarus. Now, did he raise him from the dead? Yeah, that's amazing. But yet there's still a moment where Jesus still wept. He didn't do it just for a show, but it was real. He said, he understands it. He was in the desert for 
well, for a long period of time, right? And, and got tempted by the devil. So when you're walking through temptation, he doesn't go, oh, you're just so dumb. I can't believe that. He says, I know. I understand. It's hard. Let me help you. I think the hard part for us so many times and why we get so disconnected from God is because we see him just out there, transcendent, powerful, all these things, which absolutely he is, but we lose connection that he also stepped into our story, that he understands and that he wants to be a part. God wants to help you not only because he loves you and he's good, but because he understands. Hebrews goes on to explain it. It says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. And it goes on in verse 16, I love it. And it says, so, once again, so. So it's saying, because he understands, right? Because he walked out, so then, right? Here we get in verse 16, he says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. What does that mean? It means don't hide from God. He's saying, don't be scared of God, but run to him. Run to God. You can come boldly. You think about a kid, right? When you got a kid and you're, you're in your bedroom and like they know you love them, they know you care about them and they just like kick the door open like they own the place, right? Like they come in, they're bold about it because they know you care about them, they know that you love them. They're like, they're here. Are you happy to see me? Like, you know, and I, I, we were not quite that crass, but I, I love that idea that we are God's children. He wants you. He's saying, come boldly, like come to me. Don't come out of timidity. Don't feel like you got to hide from me. You got to say, oh, I got I to come to you, but I'm also going to try to hide these things behind my back. But he says, no, come like I'm here to help you. I want to walk this out with you. So let us boldly come to the throne of our gracious God. And then it goes on. It says there we will receive his mercy. His mercy It's powerful. And we will find grace to help us. And I love this line when we need it most. He wants to give you mercy. He wants to give you grace. If you'll come to him. What does it mean for God to be with us? It means that he, he gets it. He understands it. And says, I get it. Come on. Come on. I think about it when I was a kid. Um, right? There was times where I would walk through some, you know, as a kid, you, you skin your knee up or you do something or there's something that you're walking through emotionally. And I remember my dad so many times what he would do if we were outside, right? So he'd get down on this knee and he'd have this one up and I'd come and sit on it. And as I'd sit there, he would hold me, right? And he would tell me it was all right. It was okay. And he's got me, right? And I think about it when he says, come boldly. My dad was like, come on, come here, son pulls me up and brings me in. And I'd say, if we could shift our mindset of God from this impersonal being to this father who loves you, who says, come sit on my knee, let me hold you, let me walk you through this. A God who says, come boldly, I have mercy and grace and I wanna help you in your time of need. How that will shift our way we interact with God. Because God's that way with us but like I said before, the foundation of how we interact with him is how we understand him. So if our understanding of him is far off distant, all these things, then that's the way we begin to act. But when we realize he's saying, come boldly, come on, come on. I see your hurt. I see your family member that died and you're walking through the, the difficulty. Come on, I wanna comfort you, right? I see the thing that you're, that you're walking through, the baby that you lost. Come on, let me, let me walk this out with you. 
I see the relationship that you're going through. I see the sin that you're in. And come here, I want to help you get through this. I want to walk you through. I want to help you find healing. It's God's desire for you. Don't allow some lie of the enemy that changes our perception of God to look at him far off, right? Rob you of the benefit of the relationship with the God of the universe who cares about you. Don't do that. He understands you. You can come to him without fear. He is gracious to you and he wants to help you. If we could capture that in our hearts, it will forever change the way we interact with God. And I'd say this to you. Um, this is something that I preach and it's something also that I'm walking through. And uh, there are regular occasions in my life where I have to come to this point to where I remind myself Remind myself where I think there is, uh, what is that old um, hymn that says, I prone to wander. I think that I am prone to hide in my life, right? When I have some difficulty, I, I, I think it comes from, uh, you know, I'm just uh, gonna pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm gonna walk this out. That's not who God's called you to be. It's not how he's called you to live your life. We serve a God who doesn't just want head knowledge for you, but he wants a relationship to walk it out with you. So closing today, here's what it means. What does Emmanuel remind us? It reminds us that we have a God willing to step into our mess, that he understands us. And because of that, as Hebrews 4.16 says, that we can come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And there we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. So the story of Christmas is the story of God with us, that he stepped into your life to give you grace and mercy and help you when you need him most. So here would be my challenge to you is this, is live in the reality of a God who wants to step into your mess. Live in that reality. How do you do that? That may be the harder question as we get here is like, how do I do that? And I would think, I would say it this way. I think we have got to be people Right, where we don't just let our minds do whatever they're gonna do. <laughs> right, and I think, that's the, I think that's the challenge for us so many times is that we, we live our lives very unintentionally. We live our spiritual lives very unintentionally. And the idea is that you come to church once a week, come into the room, and then you get some preaching, and then you go out and you live, and just what, what will be, what will be. <laughs> And I'd say this, is that your life will change when you begin to have an intentional relationship with God. And you begin to say, I, I'm gonna make an intention to know who God is, how God thinks. And in my life, there's gonna be times, right, where, where the world pulls me this way or the lies of the enemy try to pull me this way or maybe where some experiences that I've had in the past or things I've been, I've, I, I believed about God in the past pull me this way. And I'm gonna be a person of intention that says, no. I know who God is. He's a God who wants to step into my life. How much that changes everything. So my challenge, I guess, to you today would be this. Let's not live our lives unintentionally spiritually. Let's live our lives intentionally and say, man, I have a God who is with me and I'm gonna live my life in the reality of that. And when you do, it changes everything. And that would be my prayer for you. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you today that you are a God with us. You love us, you care about us so much.
God, today I just pray for the people that are in here who feel like maybe God is distant. Pray that that relationship with you will become anew. Pray that as we walk through this Christmas season, that every time we see that nativity scene of you coming into humanity, that we'll understand what it means. You stepping in. You not waiting for us to climb that mountain to get to you, but it's you coming down that off that mountain for us. We thank you for that today. Thank you for that today. God, I pray for the person maybe who's in here today who's never really had a real relationship with you. Who maybe has um, walked through the motions or maybe they came in here today and they have never known you. And that they say, today, God, we wanna, I want to have a relationship with you. God, we pray today that you will minister to their hearts. If that's you this morning, maybe you're in that place. Uh, we're going to say, I'm going to say a prayer. If you'll pray that along with me today, I believe that you can have a real relationship with God today. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you died on the cross for us, that you rose from the dead. You paid the price for our sins so we could have eternal life with you. So God, we pray today that um, we declare you Lord of our lives. We will follow you all the days of our lives. We ask you that as you stepped into humanity, to step into our lives. We want to serve you. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're going to sing one more song today. Let me ask you this. As we're doing this song, there's going to be a couple of people back in this corner today. And uh, maybe if you want to give your life to God, maybe you prayed that prayer or maybe you didn't and you say, nah, I wish I would have. Uh, we'd be back there. We'd love to pray with you. And, uh, and if you did pray that prayer, we'd love to talk with you. Maybe give you some next steps on what God can do in your life. Um, also, maybe if you're just walking through some difficulty. I mean, you know, that, like I said, there's some moments in life that you just walk through and you say, I need to feel God with me. If that's you today, I'd say just come back there. We'd love to pray with you and believe for God to show up in your life this morning. Amen. Stand with us this morning. Mm. God, we thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for who you are today. We worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.